be a good way for us to kick off the morning as we are talking about this topic of prayer. So thank you guys uh, for being here uh, this morning. My name is Wes Butler. I'm the director of family ministry here at the Dallas campus. If this is your first time, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. Uh, and uh, I am really pumped for what we're going to get to talk about today and specifically for the friend that I'm going to uh, spend some time with uh, just talking with you guys about how we can, as dads, grow in prayer. Uh, Hudson Taylor said uh, a long time ago, he says, look, when, uh, when we work, we work. When we pray, God works. And so if that is true, then we as dads have no greater privilege or responsibility than to um, be men of prayer for the sake of our kids, for the sake of our families, uh, for the sake of our grandkids, and just the, the generations that will come behind us. And there is uh, work that we cannot do. There are things that we absolutely cannot do that only God can do. And if we are not praying to him and reaching out to him, uh, then uh, frankly, a lot of what we do try to do is, is really in vain. And so this morning, we're just going to take time to really learn to pray. And so I'd love just to start off uh, by praying for us, praying for our time. And then I'm gonna share some things with you, just something that the Lord has taught me, and then bring up my friend Jim Wimberly here in just a minute. So would you just pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for these men and for a chance to be here bright and early uh, here at Dad U. Father, thanks for um, the chance that we have to come before your throne of grace with confidence because of the blood of Jesus that has been spilled for us, that has paid the price so that we can come to you not as um, uh, one who is worthy of judgment, but as a child of God adopted and being able to come to our Father in prayer and to make our requests known to you. And, and so, Father, we want to um, grow in our faithfulness in doing just that. And we confess to you that um, this is an area that all of us want to grow in, I believe, and that we, uh, that we all struggle in at times because the um, uh, just the way that this world at times will kind of cloud our vision of what is most important. And so this morning, Father, would you reveal to us uh, what, uh, what you want us to learn and how you want us to grow. And Father, will you make us men of action uh, who take these lessons that we're going to talk about today and apply them to our lives and to our family. So Lord, uh, we pray that your glory uh, uh, would be known in this room and in our hearts and Father, that uh, our families would be different as a result of our time together today. In Christ's name, amen. Well, uh, as always with Dad U, uh, we want to remind ourselves of what our job is as dads. And so, um, you know, we talk about the fact that uh, the primary role of every dad is a disciple maker, that whether you like it or not, you are going to make disciples. And the only question is really what kind of disciples are we called to make? And then as followers of Christ, what is the goal then of our discipleship? And while we long to see disciples coming out of our discipleship, really our primary goal, the only thing that we can control is our own faithfulness. And so the role of every dad is that of a disciple maker. And then the goal of our disciple making is our own faithfulness. And how do we want to be faithful? And so we've said that there are four things that faithful dads, that faithful men, faithful parents do. That one, we model our faith to our kids, that we live out this thing that we call our Christian life before our kids, that we train our kids in truth, that there's intentionality to the times that we just, and we dive in and we open up God's word together. We teach our kids uh, how to follow Jesus. Uh, and then that we pray faithfully that we pray and we ask God to do what only he can do in the lives of our kids and of our family. And finally, that we get to trust in the Lord, that we can rest in the knowledge that he is sovereign and in control. And so this morning, I want us to just focus our time on that last or the, the third one of those uh, markers of faithfulness, which is prayer. And how are we doing at praying for uh, our family? And so uh, if you will, take your Bible and open up to Mark chapter 9 this morning. Um, this is a story, it's so interesting to me as I think about um, uh, just the, the interactions that Jesus had while he was here on earth. It's so interesting to me to see how many times he interacted with parents. Uh, you think about Jairus' daughter, for instance. You think about uh, even uh, him healing Simon Peter's mother-in-law. There was always this, this uh, it seemed like the family was at the, the core of his interactions oftentimes, Right? And, uh, and I love these moments where you see these fathers coming, like Jairus' uh, father, or, or like Jairus did, bringing his daughter to Jesus. You see these fathers just going, hey, I'm bringing my children to Jesus. Well, in Mark 9, we have one of these interactions, and I, it has been really instructive and helpful for me as I think about how do I want to be 
as a praying father. So we're just going to read this story together and then make a few observations, uh, and then we'll go from there. So it says, beginning in verse 14, it says, And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, uh, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. Oh, shoot, I am in the wrong place. Guys, where are we? No, that's right. Uh... Here we go. Sorry. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he answered them, oh, faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And so this morning in that passage, I love this story because I think it, it illustrates and it shows us four ways that I think we as parents must be praying for our children. And the first one is just this, that we need to be praying continually. Notice that this father, he looks at, uh, at Jesus and Jesus asks him, how long has this been happening? He says, since he was a child. So just imagine that dad, right? Imagine if you had a son who had epilepsy, right? Or a child who had epilepsy. Maybe some of you do, and you, you see this from an early age. That, man, that is just something that is right in front of you all the time, and you're just praying continually, Lord, would you do something about this? How many times did that dad prayed to God, as a good Jew would, to pray to God and say, Father, help me. Help me. Help my son. And yet here we see him bringing, um, we see uh, this, this father bringing his son to Jesus, and so for us as dads, one of the things that we have to think about is that this prayer thing that, that we are called to do is not a, a short game. It is a long game. It is a marathon for us. That there are prayers that we want to be praying for our children continuously, consistently, over the course of time. And so it is, it is a, a, uh, an act of really endurance. And, and then really that that endurance is built out of a desperation, uh, Todd has said it often around here just recently where he says, look, we don't pray because we're disciplined. We pray because we're desperate. And I think one of the main reasons that I don't pray is I forget how desperate I am for Jesus, how desperate I am for his power to interact in my life. And yet this father knew his desperation. So he comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, will you? And so, um, you know, we see this, and Jesus talks in uh, Luke 18. Uh, that, uh, Luke actually is describing, right before Jesus teaches a parable, he says that Jesus taught them a parable and said, um, it says uh, that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And so you see that the heart of Jesus was for us to continually be praying and knowing that we would grow weary, that we would lose heart, that we would wonder, gosh, is anything getting through here? And yet to understand that God cares that he cares. And then to understand that while our children may not be uh, possessed by a demon like this boy is, the reality is what the scriptures teach us is that all of our children were born dead in their trespasses and sins, and that we are all fighting a battle, as it says in Ephesians 6, against not flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms, right? And then that as we put on the full armor of God, it says that we want to be praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. But that is the job of a parent. So we want to pray continually. The second thing that we see in this passage is that we want to pray specifically. I love that interaction where, uh, where the, the man tells Jesus, yes, he's been sick since he was uh, a little boy. And, and I don't know, if there's anything you could do, if there's anything you could do. And I think in that moment, that father forgot who he was talking to, right? He forgot that he was talking to, and he didn't realize who he was talking to, that this is the king of the universe, that has all the power and all the authority in his hands. 
And Jesus just kind of gently rebukes him. He goes, hey, if you can, why don't you just ask me for what you want? And for us as dads, it's so important for us to make sure that we are paying attention to and praying specific prayers for our children, that we are uh, acknowledging their unique strengths, their unique struggles, that we are going to God and we're saying, God, would you just help my child in this area? And that in so doing that we are praying the scriptures back to the Savior. Uh, I love what Tim Keller says in his book, Prayer, which, by the way, if there's one book on prayer that I would commend to you, it is that one. Such a tremendous book. But he just talks about how the, the vocabulary of our prayers is the Word of God, that this is really the vocabulary book. And just like a son or a daughter learns language by just uh, immersing themselves in that language, that we, too, learn the language of our Father by immersing ourselves in the Word of God. And spending time with him in his word so that we can pray specifically back the prayers and really the heart of God. Reminding ourselves that it is not the job of prayer for us to bend God's will to ours, right? It's the job of prayer to bend our will to the Lord's. And to remind ourselves that his kingdom is what we want to see come, not our kingdom. And his will is what we want to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so we want to pray continually. We want to pray specifically. The third way that we want to pray that we see here is just humbly. We want to pray humbly for our kids. It's that moment where Jesus says, don't you know who I am? And the father just responds. He says, look, I, I do believe, but, but will you help my unbelief? And men, I, I hope that as you come into this room that you acknowledge that all of our weaknesses are really at the root of them are, are as a result of our own unbelief. That every struggle that you face, every temptation that you face as a dad, those moments where your anger wants to flash, or those moments where you just want to escape and, and be a passive dad, that all that is rooted in this core struggle of just our unbelief. And so we as dads have to be praying not just for our kids and praying that the Lord will change their hearts and the Lord will grow them and mature them and all these, but we want to be dads who are praying consistently for our own hearts because God wants to do something. See, there were two miracles that happened in this story. One was that this boy was healed. The second was that that father's belief was, or, or father's unbelief was given sight, right? That his faith was grown. And that is a miracle each and every day that, that we ought to be praying for. Lord, will you do that in my life today? Will you grow my faith? Our children will expose these things in us, won't they? They reveal to us areas of weakness, areas of unbelief. And so what a great privilege we have to pray humbly before the Lord and ask him to reveal these things to us. Philippians 1.6 says that the Lord who began a good work in us, we believe, will be faithful to complete it. We are all a work in progress as dads. And so we want to pray continually. We want to pray specifically. We want to pray humbly. And then finally, we want to pray boldly. I love how the story ends where Jesus is just uh, uh, talking to his disciples, and, you, and they all go, man, Jesus, why, why couldn't we do this? And Jesus just says, look, sometimes you, you just got to come before the Lord in prayer. And, and so often I think our, our prayers are so small, they're so weak. I was talking to a buddy actually last week, they just had their first baby, and, uh, um, and he was talking about just how he's caught himself already uh, finding himself praying about things like what sports team is he going to play on, where is he going to go to school, you know, all these things which are great. Those, those are important things, and, and we want to think about those things, but just for us to not just focus on what is this temporal, just kind of temporary stuff, but that we would focus our hearts on what really, truly matters and the eternal things, and that we would pray boldly. We would pray boldly. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says, Jesus is talking, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts, good things, to those who ask him? So we have a Father who loves to hear the requests of his children. And we have an opportunity to come before the throne of grace boldly and to make our requests known to God, to pray about everything in that. And so while I would love to tell you, man, this is something that uh, you can follow me as I follow Christ. This is an area where I struggle. I don't know about you, but it's an area where I struggle. I struggle to remember how desperate I am for Jesus. And I need to be strengthened by uh, the encouragement and the prayers of others. And so I'm going to introduce you to my friend Jim Wimberly. So Jim, come on up.
Jim uh, has been a, a faithful, faithful friend to me and to my wife uh, for 15, uh, well, almost 17 years, really, uh, since we have come here to Watermark. And uh, I can tell you that uh, of all the men on the planet, uh, Jim Wimberly is somewhere on the Mount Rushmore of men who have been most influential in my life, personally, and, and who has helped me, and specifically has helped me a ton in this area of prayer. And so I want you to learn from him. There's this moment in the scriptures where the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Lord, Master, teach us to pray. And so when I called Jim uh, a couple of months ago, I said, hey, Jim, I want you to come and just teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, just as you follow the example of your master, Jesus. Will you show us what that looks like? And so, Jim, I want you to, uh, so first of all, we all welcome Jim Wimberly with me. <laughs> And uh, Jim, I'd love for you just to start off uh, this morning. Uh, so you've not always been Jim Wimberly. You've been uh, uh, another man uh, known by, uh, you know, prior to your knowledge of Jesus. So will you just share a little bit? First of all, introduce your family to us here and then tell us a little bit of your story of faith. Right. Uh, I'm married to Judy. We've been married almost 56 years. We have four children and we have 14 grandchildren. And that's a picture we go on a summer vacation to the beach each year as a family, which is really a fun time. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, I'm still that same sinful guy on the inside, uh, you know, looking out, but by the grace of God, I've been changed. And I grew up in a West Texas town in a dysfunctional family, and I was a uh, angry, rebellious, uh, selfish, greedy kid, and I got into all kinds of trouble with the, with the law. And uh, by dating, uh, or when I was dating different girls, I would go to church, and uh, kind of like Judas, I learned about Jesus, that he was a teacher, but he was never my master and Lord. Uh, and when I met my wife at Baylor, uh, I convinced her that I was a follower of Christ, convinced her father that I was, but I really wasn't. And so it was seven years uh, into our marriage, and during those seven years, my wife and her Sunday school teacher had been praying that I'd come to know Christ. And really, the, uh, the final puzzle piece for me was... Uh, the Connecting with God booklet. Back then, it was called The Four Spiritual Laws. But sitting in my car one day, uh, just that uh, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's like God turned a light on in my mind and my heart, and I prayed to receive Christ, and my life has never been the same. <laughs> and so, Jim, talk, talk with them about just how then prayer specifically became such a Really, I mean, you are known by that around here, certainly on our staff, but I think all the communities that you've been a part of. And so that didn't just happen overnight. So tell us about uh, how that came to be. Well, shortly after becoming a Christian, we became involved in Fellowship Bible Church here in Dallas and with Gene Getz, and he was planning churches at that time. And Bentry Bible Fellowship actually started uh, in our living room. And, and I think the uh, emphasis of seeing the value of prayer came from the two pastors that led that church, of praying that with them week by week and just listening to them in conversational prayer, talking to God, and seeing God answer those prayers uh, was really an eye-opening experience to me. And then we went through uh, really difficulty in those early years of not being able to have children. But uh, through prayer, God eventually blessed us with four children. So. <laughs> That's right. Two of those through adoption, right? And then right. two biological children right. came later on. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, Jim, just as we're walking through kind of these four ways that parents uh, must pray, uh, talk to us about that, that idea of how you, have, you and Judy have prayed continually. By the way, we should say, as Jim and I were talking about this uh, last week, uh, you know, Jim just said, look, all this is kind of Judy's deal. I've just kind of been along for the ride. So whatever you hear, good. It's probably Judy Wimberly, not Jim. Thank but God this is Judy. Dad you, and yeah. so you're here. Uh, no, it, it's uh, really fun just to see how y'all's lives have been marked by this. But specifically, how did you and Judy pray? Uh, how have y'all prayed most consistently over the course of now 40-plus years of being parents? Yeah. 
Well, I think, uh, you know, it, it started with the encouragement of community group, uh, praying, and then praying for children. And I think the main thing we have prayed all of that time is that uh, our kids would come to know Jesus. So praying for their salvation, praying for things like uh, their protection, uh, just praying from, uh, you know, they would not be influenced by ungodly people, uh, just uh, praying that they would make wise choices in accordance with God's Word, and uh, just uh, uh, seeing how God has worked over all of those years as we have prayed for those children. So, And then you've also talked about just leaving a godly legacy, and mm -hmm. just that that has been kind of the, the prayer that's on repeat. Tell us a little bit about why that has been so important to you and, and to Judy as you've thought about that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, we pray every day that we'll leave a godly legacy, and we actually pray for Watermark, that all of the families at Watermark will do that too. But uh, we have a picture hanging uh, in uh, our home, and it's of Pleasant Wimberley here. And he founded Wimberley, Texas, and he died 100 years ago. He died in 1919. And uh, there's, a, there's a book, it's called Wimberley's Legacy, and it talks about him that he was a man of great prayer and how he prayed for his family. And, uh, you know, I, I look and I just say, you know, I am in God's family probably because of this man right here praying for a godly legacy. And uh, I've just thought, you know, for all of you, you know, if you pray for a godly legacy in 100 years, somebody... Some descendant may have your picture hanging in their hallway saying, this is, this is the man that prayed for us. And, uh, you know, what, what a blessing it's going to be when we get to heaven and we see the downline of all of the prayers of people we prayed for, and especially those people we prayed for in our family. Yeah. So what we want to do right now is we're going to hit pause, and we're going to ask you to just take some time at your tables and do just that. And so we're going to do that throughout the morning. But would you just take some time? We're going to ask you not to uh, stop and chat or talk about uh, what you've heard, but just to kind of bow your heads. Your table leaders are there, and, and uh, they'll help you and just kind of lead you through that. But would you guys just take a few minutes just to be still and just to pray around your table, pray out loud, pray for your children by name for their salvation, just like, Tim, uh, like Jim talked about. And then would you just pray, God, would you allow us to leave a godly legacy? And perhaps... Within that, maybe even thank God for those who went before you. So, you know, maybe a lot of you came from a Christian home and you've got generations that came before you of faithfulness like, like Jim had with Pleasant Wimberley here, right? Um, uh, and then some of you, you need to pray for and thank God for that person that introduced you to Christ. They handed you that Four Spiritual Laws booklet uh, like he did. But let's just take some time just to do that. Just short little prayers around your table and we'll just be still for just a few minutes. Mm. Well, Father, we uh, do just come to you, and we pray that you would help each one of us to uh, leave a godly legacy. We just pray for every generation that lives until you return, that they will come to know you, that they will serve you with gladness, that they will participate with you in many coming into your kingdom. And, Father, we just uh, realize that apart from you, that cannot happen but we know with you that nothing is impossible for you. And so we just pray that you would allow that to happen in every man's family that's in this room, and not only every man's family in this room, but every man's family at Watermark. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for uh, how you are working as we pray, and we just thank you in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, uh, Jim, I'd love for us to just kind of talk real practically then, uh, because I think part of this praying continually is uh, just really working on the, the practice of prayer and developing good rhythms. And so I know you and Judy have done this really, really well. And so will you share with us just some of the, the best practices of what you and Judy have done just to keep prayer as a priority in your family? Yeah. I think, uh, you know, one of the things to realize is that... Uh, in life, trouble is going to come. And then, you know, there's no truer statement than John 16, 33, where Jesus said, in this world, you'll have trouble. But he says, take courage, take heart, I have overcome the world. And so if you're not having trouble today, you know, thank God. But if, uh, if you are having trouble, then uh, the one to go to is God. And so we've had a lot of trouble in, in our life as we've gone through 56 years of marriage. 
And we have uh, uh, three children that are following the Lord and one that is not. And uh, this, uh, this child became a difficult child early on. And so one of the things that we started many, many years ago is Judy and I would walk and pray. And uh, we, we would do that uh, early in the mornings. And then uh, sometimes Judy would meet me at lunch. I'd take off my my tie and we'd go walking on a track and, and pray for our children. And that's a habit that we still do today. It's probably three or four times a week we'll get out and uh, walk and pray. Judy prays what's on her heart. I pray what's on my heart. And then plus um, a main priority is we're always praying, you know, for our family and uh, children and grandchildren now, the 14 we have of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you've, you've talked about just uh, capturing every opportunity. I mean, again, it's, it's hard to be around Jim Wimberly for more than about five minutes without you stopping to, to pray for us. But how, how did you develop that over the years, and, and how did that impact you and your children specifically? I, I think, once again, I'm just uh, seeing by example of people praying on the spot of where you say, hey, uh, would you pray for this for me? And you say, sure, I'll pray. Well, the tendency is probably to forget to pray but just stopping right there and praying. So uh, for Judy and I, when something comes up in the family and uh, she calls me, I just say, okay, let's, let's pray. We pray on the phone. We, we pray by text. We pray by email. I mean, just every means possible, uh, you know, just talking to God and realizing that, acknowledging that we need God's help. Uh, this is not anything we can do, but we need his guidance and uh, and his answers. So. Yeah, yeah, so good. So uh, let's move on to kind of that second section then of just praying specifically. And so what are some of the practices that you and Judy have developed for keeping your prayers specific for your children and personal for each of them and, and, and really rooted in Scripture? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, we did early on is uh, I'd put a marker board in the, uh, in, in the, in the kitchen and we'd have a word to the wise, which was a scripture each week that I was praying for the children, and I'd, I'd put their names up there that uh, I was praying for this particular scripture. And uh, neighborhood kids would come and add their names to that, but it was a way for them to uh, learn scripture. It was also a way to see that we were praying for them and, you know, to get them praying for themselves. One of the things that we've done is, is our grandkids... Uh, have, have gotten older is uh, a couple of Christmases ago. Uh, we had one of the guys on staff, his wife, uh, made some scripture cards, and we've given them to all of the kids, all of the 14 grandkids, and encouraged them to, uh, to pray for each, for each other. And, uh, you know, Judy and I, and all, the, all these are on a, on a ring binder, and Judy and I, most every day, you know, we'll sit down and go through these and pray that scripture on, uh, you know, those uh, 14 kids. And the oldest one is Jack the Lionhearted. And it's uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 uh, through 14. Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith. And uh, so as we pray these things, it's, it's, uh, and we picked out verses that really kind of are toward their bent. And uh, we see that God strengthens those character qualities in their lives as we, as we pray for that. Uh, another thing we did when the kids were uh, little is we went to Operation World, which uh, uh, it was a book and it had the world divided up and by all the countries and it was really a history and geography lesson. And we divided the, uh, the world up uh, between six of us and uh, I took Asia, Judy had uh, South America, Jonathan, one of our sons had North America, Jenna had Europe, Joshua had Africa, and Jordan had the islands of the world. And uh, they would study, uh, get things to pray out of Operation World, and then they kept journals. And these are some journals from 1988 that, that Judy had. And, uh, just looking back, uh, one of our sons, Joshua, he had Africa. And looking at uh, his prayer request in there of praying for Kenya, praying for Uganda, I mean, all of his life he has had a heart for Africa. He's now on a 
board of a mission in Uganda, and he travels to uh, Uganda and Kenya. He's gone there several times. He always takes one of his kids uh, when, he, when he does that. Uh, but just seeing the impact of when you start praying for a country, you develop a love for it. You know, mine was Asia, and I developed a love for China. And if you're going through uh, Operation World, you can sign up to get a prayer request each day. And they're uh, going through China right now, the provinces of China. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it just tells, like today, it's praying for a couple of provinces that have 1.4 million people, and there's about 80,000 Christians in those uh, 1.4 million people. But just giving you an opportunity, God, uh, let those 80,000 Christians infect that other 1.4 million. So good. So Operation World is a tremendous resource uh, that if you don't know about it, it's such an easy thing for you to do with your kids to uh, just get those emails each day or check in on that. There's actually a physical book that you could buy and set on your you know, dining room table or whatever uh, and just pick a, a country each day to pray for. Uh, Jim, one of the things, uh, if I can go back, so I don't know if you could see those, uh, those little pictures, uh, the prayer cards uh, that, that Jim put up there, but you know, that you've got uh, each of your grandkids had kind of a, it's, uh, so I'm looking, Jack the Lionhearted, you mentioned mm -hmm. Luke the Warrior, and you're, you're praying specific character traits for right. those kids. One of the things I remember you telling me uh, shortly after Josiah was born, you just said, Wes, if, if I had parenting to do all over again, I would go back, I would pay attention to uh, my kids at an early age and what their struggles were and what their strengths were, and I would pray like crazy mm -hmm. towards that end. And, uh, and it's so interesting to me. So, I, you know, Josiah is now my, he's 15 years old, and I still can see uh, the little boy who rode the tricycle and got so frustrated with the tricycle because he couldn't get it right the first time. And I see some of those same tendencies in him as he's trying to learn to drive a car right now, right? And you just see, you know, some of these character things that begin to develop at an early age. And what a privilege to pray through those things. And so talk to us a little bit more about the, the character qualities and how you guys prayed for those things for, the, for your kids. Well, actually, in our community group, we would come out, uh, you know, each year, and we would come up with a list of strengths and weaknesses. And so for that particular year, we would pray those uh, character quality strengths and those character quality weaknesses that God would take them away or... Uh, just help them over, overcome those. But once again, uh, when you pray those things, it's amazing to see God work and to see the changes that begin to take place in, you know, in a child's life. Yeah. So. so here's what we want to do is we want to pause and do just <coughs> at your tables. You should have a list of uh, the 36 godly character traits that we teach to the kids here in Watermark Kids in our elementary ministry. If you don't have one of those sheets at your table or you need more, there's some up front here at these tables if you wanna grab those. Um, but let's just take some time, and I just want you to think about your kids right now. Some of you are uh, raising you know, your first baby and you don't know exactly what's happening in their character. Man, just pick one of those things. Any of these things are good things that we wanna pray for our kids. Others of you, you, you know and you can begin to see both some of the strengths and some of the ways that they're gonna uniquely struggle in this. And so maybe find one of those things. And so just in a one sentence prayer around your table, I just want you to pray for maybe, depending on how many children you have, one sentence for each child, right? Where you're just praying something and you are praying back the word of God to him. So here's what's crazy is when we pray God's word to him, we know that we are praying according to his will. We know that we're praying according to his will. We know that this is what God wants to do in the lives of our kids, right? Because this is his revealed will in the scripture. And so those are great prayers for us to pray. So right now we're gonna pause and give you a chance to do just that at your table. So let's pray together. We wanna, we wanna thank you for each one of our children. And Lord, as we pray, we do just pray that you would help uh, each one of them to be uh, content, completely satisfied in you. And uh, Lord, there's a, a lot of things that... Uh, uh, are just trying to get our, our attention, but we just pray for all of our children that uh, the main thing in life would be to follow Christ and to know him. And uh, Lord, we just pray that uh, you would help us as dads to have that influence on our children. And uh, God, we just pray that uh, we would not only speak truth to them, but we would just pray for them on a regular 
basis, just knowing you're the ones that will bring all of these things we desire about. And we just thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is a, a real simple and practical thing that you can do. So this sheet is right here. If you have kids in our elementary <clears throat> ministry, you've got a built-in, hey, this is what I'm going to pray for my child for the, the entire month, right? That as they're talking about contentment, like we did last month, that you can, you can pray for that for your child for a month. But then again, you're going to find things where you go, hey, I know these are things that I want to be praying consistently uh, for my child about. And so um, let me just encourage you to take advantage of that idea. It's a simple idea. It's easy. And uh, so take this list and go home with your wife and maybe just look and go, hey, what are the things that we, we know we need to be uh, praying for our kids? And, and uh, it's something that you can implement right away. So Jim, I want us to move uh, to this next section of just praying humbly. And so I know that parenting is a, uh, a humiliating experience for a lot of us uh, and uh, in, in all kinds of fun and uh, good ways and, and ways that are not nearly as fun. And so how has parenting and grandparenting specifically humbled you so that you have, and Judy have kind of prayed that prayer of that man and that story of the Lord? I, I do believe, but help my unbelief grow my faith. Well, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that has been a great gift from God has been a prodigal. Uh, because uh, God is using a prodigal to conform myself, for sure, and Judy to the image of Christ. Because uh, if all four of our children were like three of them, you know, we would be very prideful and boastful. Uh, but, you know, having a prodigal has caused us to see that it's only by the grace of God that that we can raise children, you know. And it's... Uh, uh, you know, we continually go back to the verse in Luke 137 that nothing is impossible with God. And as we think about our daughter, uh, we pray daily, you know, God, will you bless her with whatever it takes to draw her to yourself? And I always think of that song we sing here at uh, Watermark about he is mighty to save. And uh, a lot of times when we're praying for a family member, we think it's impossible for that to happen it's easier for me to pray for one of Wes's children than it is for one of my children. But it, it is God who does the work, you know, in the lives. And I think we just continue to pray uh, kind of like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, when they're about to be thrown in the fiery furnace, they said, our God is able. And in any situation, to just come back and remember that our God is able, and we still pray, uh, you know, whatever it is that we want God to do, but then we keep the attitude of Jesus when he was in the garden. You know, Lord, not my will, but your will. Yeah, yeah Jim, you, are, uh, you and Judy are one of the reasons why we talk about, you know, that uh, the role of Father is a disciple maker, but the goal is our own faithfulness, because... You guys are an example of, gosh, if you can grow up in Jim and Judy Wimberley's home and still be a, a rebellious and a, a prodigal child like one of your children is, we just go, no, that, that doesn't mean that Jim and Judy have failed as parents, right? It, it means that they have been faithful and that God is sovereign over that. And so talk to us a little bit about how you and Judy have experienced the peace of God and the rest of God in, in, uh, through prayer in the midst of the difficulties and the trials that you guys have faced? Yeah, I, I would say it's prayer, but I would say the main thing that has really helped us, supported us, has been uh, community. Because through the difficult years, uh, uh, we community would come over on a weekend when our child would not come in and, and they would pray with us till 2 and 3 in the morning. And... Uh, you know, we often say, and we say around here at Watermark, that a, a burden shared is a burden divided. And this is something that uh, we need God, but we cannot do this on our own. You know, we need community. We need people around us that are going to love and, and share these burdens with us because we could have never made it yeah. and can't make it right now, yeah. you know, with that community. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, that's good. Uh, just so everybody has a snapshot, that community group has been together for how many years? Uh, probably 38 years, something yeah, like that. So. Uh, it's just crazy, but just the faithfulness. Of, we're, uh, we're going down to old folks' home together. That's right. 
That's good. Uh, man, I'd come and jump in there with you. Um, I love it. Well, Jim, talk to us a little bit. What are the things that you've had to pray for yourself consistently, the struggles that you have faced as a dad that you know the enemy has wanted to trip you up at times and that you found yourself just going, hey, Judy, pray this for me, or, or that you've prayed for Judy in the midst of just parenting, not, not just difficult kids, but also uh, you know, the, the kids that have turned out amazing and that we're, we're going, oh man, let's celebrate what God's done there. But. Well, I think that uh, we can keep an eternal focus and we can keep our eyes on Jesus and just remember that, hey, this is just a blink of time that we're spending, you know, here on earth. And, uh, you know, our real home is in heaven. And uh, uh, just remember that uh, this is going to pass away very, very soon. And it's going to be real soon for me <laughs> that, uh, you know, I'm going to be up there with the Lord. And, uh, and it says, eyes have, I have not seen, ears not heard. The mind cannot imagine what God has in store for those that love him. So uh, I think that eternal focus is, is what we need to continually uh, keep in focus as we go through, you know, this life. So, yeah. So we're going to pause again and just give you a chance at your tables just to pray. And, and here's what we want to encourage you to do is that our prayers need to be for our own hearts in the midst of this, that, that parenting is a sanctifying work of God, that he is changing us and he is making us more like Jesus through our children. And so perhaps it's looking at this character uh, list and just going, hey, here's the things that, man, as a dad, I struggle with patience. And so I want to pray for patience for my heart. Man, I struggle with passivity and, and laziness. I wanna pray for diligence for me as a dad. But whatever those things uh, might be, we just take some time right now? And this might just be a moment of confession for you before the Lord, but just to pray, just go, Lord, this is how I have got to grow as a father. And I believe, God, help my unbelief, but I believe that you can change me in this. So let's pray right now. that uh, you would help each one of us to realize that you are a sovereign, loving God, that nothing happens in our lives that doesn't come through the filter of your loving hands. And uh, Father, whatever those circumstances are, uh, help us just to understand and realize and be yielded to you because you're trying to change us. You're trying to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. And uh, that's hard to uh, take sometimes, and I just pray that we would be uh, humble and, Lord, that we would uh, just want to be more like Christ. And, Father, we just uh, ask for your help and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, lastly, Jim, just, uh, you know, you and Judy have prayed some big, bold prayers over the years as you've kind of kept that eternal mindset. What are some of the ways that you've seen the Lord mm -hmm. now? You know, you, you've got what a lot of us in the room don't have, which is years now to look back and to see the, uh, you know, the faithfulness of God, uh, you know, in, in your family. What are some of those prayers that you've seen the Lord answer uh, over the years? Well, a uh, verse that we have hanging on in our house is 3 John 4 that says, I have no greater joy than to know my children are following the truth. And uh, the great thing now to see is uh, our children and even our grandchildren, the effects of some of these uh, you know, prayers, and just talking about the, you know, one son that ha is, uh, uh, got a real passion for Africa and on the, on the board of a ministry in Uganda, and uh, another son is on a Young Life Committee, and his wife has been on staff with Wildlife, and then uh, we have a son-in-law who is an elder in his church, and uh, he's also uh, advisor to a college campus ministry in both the uh, he and our daughter uh, serve in a marriage ministry. And then it's just watching the grandchildren as they begin to discover their gifts and, uh, and serve with great joy. Uh, we were in Waco over the weekend, and one of our granddaughters, uh, uh, who is 13 years old, serves with the children, you know, in the church there. And, and two of our other uh, granddaughters do the same thing in, in their churches of just learning service at an early age. Uh, our oldest grandson is on a directional team at, uh, at his school planning a spiritual retreat for his senior year that's coming up next year. And then uh, 
two of the younger grandsons want to be pastors here at Watermark, <laughs> although one of them says uh, he wants to be a pastor if he doesn't make it as a major league baseball player. So <laughs> he's kind of got that second. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we go on, as we mentioned, family vacations each year. And, and we really use that time to build in spiritually to our children. Uh, I have what's called man time every morning at 6.30 with, uh, with the guys. And even the little guys love coming to that and learning about the Bible. And then uh, Judy uh, teaches all of the kids uh, a Bible verse and through, we'll usually go through uh, some good news stories uh, while we're there and teaching verses. And she has a, a turtle uh, a puppet that she calls verses that teaches, you know, these Bible stories to them. And then uh, we, we take all of our grandchildren to Pine Cove every year. And uh, 12 of the 14 are going with us this year. And there's going to be five of them at family camp with us. And then there'll be seven of them that go to uh, overnight camp, but doing all of these things to uh, build into them as we pray for them that they will grow up to be men and women of God. Yeah. So if you're wondering, yes, it's too late for Jim and Judy to adopt you, okay? So, uh, I mean, when I listen to that, that that's, I'm like, how do I get adopted into that family? What an amazing gift that is. And, and it is too late for them to adopt you. However, the Spirit of God that has done this in the Wimberley family is the Spirit of God that is in you. And the prayers that you are praying now, like the prayers that Jim prayed 40 years ago, are the prayers that are laying the foundation and laying the tracks for uh, those opportunities in your future. And so, you know, this morning, I, I think our, our hope and our desire is that this will awaken in you, if you do not already have that sense of desperation, that it will awaken in you a sense of, man, I, one, I can do this, this isn't hard. I mean, the things you hear Jim talk about, you're like, and one, it'd be great if I could, you know, maybe pick Jim and Judy's brains to find out what scripture I should pray for my kids, but, and you have God's word right there in front of you. Uh, Jim uh, and I talked about just the, the importance of immersing yourself in the word of God so that you know what to pray. You have that. It's right there for you. And so this is, this is not, uh, the, the goal of Dad You is not for you to walk out of here and go, okay, you know, what's the carbon copy of Jim Wimberly's life? Let me just go and do that. That's not what God's called you to do. What we do want to do is give you examples like Jim where you can go, hey, that's something I could do, or hey, I, I have my own idea of how I can do this and be faithful in this way. And so the call this morning is just for you to be faithful, to pray, to pray for your family continually, to pray specifically, to pray humbly, to pray boldly for your kids. And so, Jim, thank you for just the, the uh, example that you've set for us and the, the chance that we have to learn from you this morning. And right now what I want to do is just let you get to your tables and spend a little bit of time talking about uh, what we've talked about this morning. So your table leaders have some table uh, qu uh, questions to go through. Leaders, if you didn't get one, raise your hand and uh, maybe Dustin or somebody can grab one for you. But uh, yeah, but let's just spend some time at our tables and then, uh, and then I'll have uh, Jim wrap us up here at eight o'clock uh, just with one final prayer and, uh, and then we'll be out of here. So thank you guys for being here this morning. All right, guys, hey, it is about uh, five till eight. So, hey, as we uh, wrap up this morning, just a, a couple of things uh, for you. So one, uh, we will uh, send you uh, an email today, as always, with just some of the things that you heard, some of the resources, this uh, document, the character traits. We'll send that to you in a PDF so that you can take that and, and uh, have it electronically and, and uh, print it off if you wish. Um, but, uh, you know, just for us to, to be mindful of, man, so what are some of these practical things? So, as always, we just want to challenge you. Take one thing. Don't feel like you have to take everything. Take one thing away from this morning. You just go, hey, that's something that I could implement in my family. That's something that I could do that would help me grow as I lead my family in, in this particular area. And, uh, man, it, is, uh, it has been a sweet morning for me personally sitting up here and just listening to the prayers around the table earlier. Uh, it was just, that was a powerful moment for me because I think about Pleasant Wimberley and, uh, and just that man who prayed faithfully. And Lord, what if you did uh, through every man in this room what you have done in the life of Jim and Judy Wimberley through the prayers of Pleasant Wimberley? What, what if, what if, what an amazing thing to think about. And, and I do think that we'll all get to heaven someday 
And, uh, and one of our greatest regrets will be, man, I, I wish I just would have prayed more because we'll begin to see some of the things uh, that God did through our prayers and just go, gosh, if I had done more of that, I would have done more of that. So what a tremendous opportunity that we have. And so don't miss out uh, on the chance to grow in this particular area. And, and uh, man, my hope and my prayer for families here at Watermark is that we are marked by prayer in the way that, that Jim uh, has led us this morning. If you didn't uh, sign in and get a name tag this morning, then you won't get that email. Uh, and so if you didn't get a name tag for one reason or another, will you just come find me in the back and I'll make sure that we get your um, uh, email address and, and copy you on that email as it goes out uh, later today. And then next month, uh, we'll be back for, it'll be our last one, uh, our last dad you of this school year. So it's May 14th. Uh, and uh, my friend Bron Brown is gonna come and speak to us. Uh, the, the title of that talk is uh, Competitive Parenting, Moving from Comparison to Contentment. And, uh, and so I think one of the dangers that we face, honestly, even here at Dad U, is that uh, we put a Jim Wimberly up here and we go, look at all this stuff that he's doing. And then we kind of walk out, potentially, if we're not careful with kind of our heads hung and just going, oh man, I'm a failure. I'm not doing everything that guy has done. And, and then increasingly in our world, we kind of get to view in on everybody's Instagram-worthy moments, right, and their family. And, uh, and it's causing in our culture right now just this comparison game that is eating us alive. And as we know, as Teddy Roosevelt said long ago, that comparison is the thief of joy. And we don't want to steal joy. We want to grow in that. And, uh, and so that comes as we learn the secret of being content. So Braun is passionate about this topic as he's walked with families through uh, the student ministry here and, and just his own struggle with this. So I'm excited for you to hear from him. So mark your calendars for May 14th. That'll be the last one. And then we'll break for the summer and be back in the fall. But uh, Jim, I know you, you had one more thing you wanted to share and then mm -hmm. will you just pray us out? Yeah, I would just say the, uh, if you took one thing away, uh, you know, get you a Bible. And this is the Bible that I went through and and each chapter, I picked out something to pray for the kids, and I just wrote it there, what it is. And this is in Isaiah 29. It's where, uh, you know, God is talking about, they honor me with their lips, but they lack understanding. And I just said, Father, grant your understanding to, and I always put the initials down, and I just have all the initials of the, of the kids and the grandkids. And, uh, you know, that's something that God hears and God answers. And we can go back and... Uh, you know, this is a stone of remembrance to go back and see how God answered that prayer. But that's one simple thing you can do. You know, with the Bible, just as you're going through Bible study, just as you're reading Bible, the Bible, just pick out what you want to pray for. So let me pray for us. So, Father, we do thank you that uh, you always promise to bend low to hear our prayers. And, uh, Lord, you not only hear our prayers, but you answer our prayers. And, Father, I pray that you would uh, uh, just encourage these men, that they wouldn't be discouraged by uh, just hearing about things that we've done for 48 years of parenting, but uh, they would just take uh, one or two items and start applying them to their lives and just help each one of these men to uh, be godly dads and just raise godly children. And God, once again, we realize we can't do that without you. And uh, we ask for your help, but then in advance, we thank you for your faithfulness, that you are such a faithful God. Just bless every family represented here today and bless every family at Watermark. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen.